And welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Coach uh, podcast powered by Fitfiliate, talking all things coaching. And I'm joined by Ash. How are you going? I'm great. How are you, Lisa? I'm excellent. With Sam still off in Babyland, but I think he's coming back. Word on the street uh, soon. He's coming out of the baby cave, so that'll be great. Um, I like it. Ladies' Day this week. Last week with Christina. Yeah, nice. that's right. Maybe maybe we won't have him back. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> Sam. Awkward. We'll get Katie on. Sam's uh, other half. There you go. We'll keep. There the, you go. Keep the trend running. Um. So while we've got control of the ship, Ash, I thought we can, you know, we can talk about whatever we want today. Um, but something that's been ruminating in my brain, particularly um, over recent weeks when you see, um, you know, the the emergence of the level four qualification, more people are getting it, more people are not. Mm. Um, and there's a bit of a debate out in the space. And even Fitfiliate did a post um, a couple of days ago on Instagram about the difference between a a trainer, a coach, and a mentor, and they're words that are often used interchangeably. Yes. But I think, that, you know, the one area I want to focus on today is like what does it take to be a professional coach in, mm. you know, 2023, you know, is it the person who brings, you know, the the true big dick energy into the room and that they know the most and they've got all the information they're going to, they're going to give to you is it the person with the most qualifications or is it someone who cares the most like and and works hard on their own development like I think there's a lot of crossovers there that can go into it but um I just think I was reached out to by somebody on Instagram who I have invited on for a chat on the podcast about and their first statement to me was hey I don't know if I'm the right person because you know I don't coach full time and I can, but I consider myself a professional coach and mm. I'm, you know, proud of what I do, but I don't, I don't do it full time. So maybe I'm not the right demographic for your chat. And I was like, you are the perfect demographic to chat to, um, yeah, to hear yeah. that perspective. So that, that chat is coming down the pipeline. So I thought today, you know, this could be a bit de- divisive, could, you know, rattle a few cages and that's what we're all about is, is unsettling perceptions and making people think critically um, because that's one of the important skills um, into this. So what have you got, Ash? Lead me off. Well, I love that this person said that, you know, I don't do this full time, but I consider myself a professional coach, which automatically off the bat means they care. Mm. And like, I mean, that's kind of priority number one. Mm -hmm. A, a teacher or trainer goes out to teach a skill and communicate that and get it across, right? And now mm-hmm. coaches may be instructing skills as well, but they care about the person. Like, why did you come here for this skill? Mm-hmm. What is that? Per, what is your perception of this skill and where are you with it, right? There's and like- why is it hard for you? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like, let me see what that looks like in your mind to you first, mm. and then let's dig in. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, we've, we've, we've talked openly um, on the Fitfiliate podcast about, you know, there, there is a need for, you know, all three uh, characters in the story for one of a bit of, bit of uh, word. Like, oh, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with someone who goes, 
yeah, cool. I'm a trainer. I, I, I get in, I make people sweat. I give them, you know, um, a great time in class and, you know, they go about their day and nobody died. And that's, that makes me happy. That makes them happy. Everybody's happy. We need trainers who are going to teach skill components. We absolutely need them. Yes, we need coaches to dig into the other aspect. And some of the the back and forth on the uh, affiliate post was about, well, what's a mentor? Like, because, you know, people will call their coach their mentor and so on. And there's, there was a lot of varying definitions about exactly what a mentor looks like to different people and, and spreading out. But you still need, regardless of your definition, you know, there's a place for, you know, all of those options in the ecosystem. But again, how do we, you know, most, how do we leverage all of that in the big melting pot that is, you know, um, CrossFit and helping people be better into defining what's a professional coach? There are voices out there in the ecosystem that will say, you know, a professional coach is only someone who works with people one-on-one and, um, you know, has a full biometric study of of the, the person and can, you know, assess everything and adapt everything versus, you know, a group environment. Um, Hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to think about, you know, what is it that makes you a professional, I guess, in, in any field, but in, in coaching from, and, you know, we clearly, the name of our podcast should give it away. We want coaches in the ecosystem to thrive. We need more coaches. We definitely going to need, more trainers as well. Like if we're going to, you know, get to um, the 30 million CrossFitters, like we need more affiliates. So they're going to need coaches and trainers and and all those things in them. Um, But what's a professional in, in, in the space and what does that look like for someone who, who's going along goes, I want to be a professional, but I don't know what that looks like. We want, Mm. you know, we want coaches to thrive. So how do we help define that a little bit for them? Well, I think there's, oh my gosh, there's so much I want to touch on with that, that, that whole, <laughs> that whole blurb you just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, first, I think the other thing to know is that coaches can also play the role of mentor and teacher trainer as well, hmm. right? Or, or trainers may coach sometimes. Like it definitely hmm. doesn't mean you're in one box, like. You may specialize in one box, but I think the capability of playing all the roles are definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting that uh, you had mentioned that there is some chatter out there that in order to be a coach, you have to work one-on-one because you can't mm-hmm. do it in a class and you have to have bio screens and this, that, and the other thing. But that's mm-hmm. all like, that's just movement coaching mm-hmm. where you know, coaching in general, in, in my opinion, I think what affiliate represents is being able to affect behavior and get Mm -hmm. people to think differently themselves to come to a conclusion, a realization, a result, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think, (sighs) so being a professional coach, I mean, I think it can, be seen on an, in a number of different ways. I don't think there is one, mm. one definition, one, one box mm-hmm. that it's in. I keep using this term box, but um, 
you know, we, I feel like we have this need to like be able to identify and define things so clearly. But like the one thing about life that I think we all know is like, there is a whole lot of gray guys. Like, <laughs> um, so you don't have to be, you know, marking some 40 hour a week checkbox doing mm. coaching to be a professional coach. Mm. Um, you just have to understand your impact on others mm. and, and I think the power that it has and, and take responsibility for that power. And to be honest, if you're going to be what we would define as a coach, so, you know, um, working on, you know, having a lot of conversations around behavior and then affecting behavior change and changing in, in thought patterns, 40 hours a week, you are cooked. Like you cannot do that because you are, getting it you know it's it's easy well it's not easy like if you if you're training if you're running classes for 40 hours a week you're gonna be cooked as well like don't get me wrong but it's a lot harder when you're having that that you know more in-depth deeper conversation it takes more from you if you're going all in as a coach mm -hmm. so rather than just going oh there's ash yeah she doesn't squat below parallel she just she just can't and moving on to the next person kind of crop dusting cues like, hey, guys, chest up, knees out, you know, and just working around the room and then high-fiving going, great class, guys, versus, hey, Ash, you've been here a while now. Like, you know, you seem reluctant to want to squat to depth. And I know I've seen you do it, but you don't seem very comfortable with doing it consistently. Like, why is that hard for you? Well, you know, I feel like, you know, uncomfortable when I do it. Okay, cool. Where does that come from? well, you know, I couldn't get out of the bottom of a squat once and I didn't have a spotter and I was really worried that I was going to be pancaked. Okay, cool. So now you, we're working with something that we can change a behaviour and go, how do we create an environment that sets you up for success when squatting so that we can help you feel safe and get past some of that stuff and get you squatting to full range, not going, oh, Ash is just, she's just uncomfortable. She doesn't like to squat to depth. And then not doing a thing about it. Like mm -hmm. it's it's that having that deeper conversation. And if you did that for 40 hours a week, like you are toast. Like even, you know, coaching um, clients, I guess, as we do here at Fit Affiliate, like, you know, most of the coaches have, you know, a handful of clients. So it's, you don't want it. And that's still a lot in the week to yeah. get into it with people about, what's stopping you from doing the things that you need to do to move you forward? Not, well, why aren't you doing it? It's, you know, it's not that simple. And I think being a professional coach is being prepared to stop and, and look for those other opportunities to learn more about, you know, your clients or their situation versus, well, you just need to work harder. You just yeah. need to do more. Um, rather than, well, what's stopping you doing the things that you need to do or why are you filling your time with busy work? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've seen coaches, you know, we talk, you know, with level four now being available, the conversation for many years was, oh, my level one's due. Do I re-up? Do I go to level two? Like what's the point? And the coaches that just revalidate their level one, then you're okay, well, are you truly being a professional from wanting to learn and grow and evolve and always refining your skills? And 
the same as we go to the pointy end of the stick now, the the old forum. We had Christina Anderson on um, last week, time flies, about L4. And, you know, we made the comment, if there was an L5, I'm pretty sure that she would be pursuing that as the next level to get better, whereas there will be some people who go, I got the L4. I'm a professional coach now and not do anything to accept the bare minimum that they need to keep that credential, but it's, you know, I'm just filling out numbers now to, to you know, dot my I's and cross my T's, not actually for the purpose of on, ongoing learning. Right. Um, or people with their L3s, you know, someone who spends their three years or five years of that accreditation learning and, and accumulating stuff versus six months to go, oh, I need to get all my CEUs in now. So I'll, I'll do all the online courses and, and stuff just to get those CEUs. And, you know, just to play devil's advocate here a little bit, right? Like, yes, Christina, if, she, if there was an L5, she would be like, okay, I need to prepare and get ready for that next thing. At mm -hmm. the same token, if you have a coach who's been renewing their L1 and has not pursued L2 or L3, like, do I think that they should? Probably, especially the L2 is gives great mm. feedback for running a class properly oh. and, and things like that. Um, but if that coach is digging in on, on a different level, like with some psychological um, studies and, and behavior studies and anatomy so that they can better understand the body in a different way and applying mm. that, you know, you don't have to have your L4 to be a good coach either, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to know that the learning never stops. Yep. And if you think it does, then you're not a coach. <laughs> but it's also not even just the knowing that learning doesn't stop. It's embracing that and actively seeking out those opportunities to learn and grow and whether that be from... And to apply it. Yep, and, yeah, applying yeah. it. Yeah. And to, to, to see that need rather than going, oh, God, you know, when do I have to stop doing all these things? Like, no, like this is a process you would, I would foresee as a, as a, someone who considers themselves a professional coach, their opportunities that you reach out and grab with both hands. Mm -hmm. um, Christina spoke last week. She got the opportunity to go to the, um, a coach development seminar and someone said, why are you here at your level? Like, I wouldn't think you would need this. She's like, it's a different perspective. It's outside the normal, you know, CrossFit lanes that we're, that things are given in. So it's a different perspective. Of course, I'm going to want to try other things and learn and grow. I mean, that's why we do things like the gymnastic seminar or mm -hmm. the, the strongman cert or all of those, you know, Bergano lifting is, you know, we all, as coaches, we know how to teach a snatch or a clean and jerk, but we want to learn additional skills and cues and ways to reference that information. That's why we do those things. Right. Rather than just, yeah, I'm just going to do this two day thing and you know, cause I need to see use or I got sent here by my box owner. Like, you know, I have seen, I have witnessed <laughs> coaches take a course because to get the extra CEUs to, mm. you know, be able and go in with all intentions of wanting to utilize it 
And then all the opportunity that presented them like in front of them for them Mm -hmm. to really like kind of apply it. And Mm. it would mean they kind of had to take a step backwards for a little bit, Mm. but then they don't utilize it. So at that point, Mm. it's like, "Mm." Mm. right. Like that, that, I don't know if that's a a discussion on coaching or not, but like, well, it's behavior. it, it, It is right. Like, because we need to be able to, like have awareness of our own behavior too mm. um, and the way we apply things to ourselves and to our classes and clients and so forth. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of got off on a tangent there. <laughs> that's what we do, yeah, we do it and we love it. But you know, that's kind of one of those things where it's like sometimes we get information that we're like, we didn't, you find out you were doing something wrong and you're like, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just going to keep doing it that way because that's how I've always done it. It's going to take a lot of time to fix that. But then Mm -hmm. how are you going to help somebody else fix it if you don't pause Mm -hmm. and and try to fix it yourself, right? And how are you going to get other people, how are you going to convince the people who need to make those changes for their behavior so that they can be able Mm. to succeed Mm. if if you aren't embracing that yourself and it's interesting like we talk about um again like i hate to keep using christina as an example but she's a fine example she's talking talking about that you know getting her l4 didn't miraculously get her pull-up but it doesn't mean she cannot coach the shit out of a pull-up and help you understand the progressions because she herself has had to work those progressions and people see, you know, I think um, one of the things I listened to recently, it's, it's like, you don't need to have all the movements, but if your members and community see you working to get better, it's like, yeah, my mobility sucks. So I'm going to be, I'm always on the foam roller. I'm always on the, you know, lacrosse ball. I'm, I'm working those things. It's like, Oh, well, if it's good enough for the coach to work that on the flip side, Mm -hmm. you know, I've seen some excellent athletes come into the gym and, you know, be coaches because they they were the best athletes on the floor. And that's kind of how a lot of people were promoted to coaching back in the day. And it's like, Hey, like, how did you do that muscle up? And they're like, well, I just pulled myself up on these rings and had a couple of swings and, and up I went. Cool. So you just got to kick really hard. You're like, it's not a kick. There's no kicking. (laughs) But it's like, okay, but how are you going to help this, you know, uh, vertically challenged, non-athletic, you know, uh, chunky dunker get up on those rings and do a muscle up with that explanation? Like in in my mind, I, I would spend my entire life just, okay, cool, looking up at them rather than, Hey, here are the here are the steps of the movement. Let me break it down. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, member A stops cherry picking classes with muscle ups. Like, well, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So, you know, how do we progress people forward? But it's having that deeper understanding into the movements, but also what might be challenging for people rather than, I don't know, it just came easily to me without understanding. Like, yeah. I just did it. I just three swings and chicken wing my way up there, but I got there. Right. Why and can't it, it, else do it? 
it is interesting that we're automatically, you know, kind of referred to as coaches in, mm. in this environment. And that's, you know, that's a whole nother um, discussion, I think. Um, it was with the best of intentions, obviously. Mm. Um, well, but- everyone was replicating the original CrossFit box and, you know, Greg Glassman was up front. He was known as coach. Well, you know, level one, you're going to go out and you're going to, you know, teach people. And even though it's a, it's a CrossFit trainer certification, it's not like a coach. Mm-hmm. That term has just been used, you know, interchangeably. So there's a lot of people walking around with coach on the back of their shirt that, you know, maybe trainer is more appropriate. Um, and put, like every man and their dog or every person and their dog calls them can be called a coach now and i was having a, an interesting discussion discussion on instagram the other day with a friend of mine who's studying uh psychology and she you know she wants to get into trauma coaching and she she was on this particular bent like coaching is unregulated there's no qualification you know there's no anyone can call themselves a coach and you know <clears throat> you see some people who build themselves as as some sort of a, a, a life coach and like, you know, in trauma and that, and, but haven't had any formal training in that, you know, digging around in people's big stuff. Right. Um, and how, you know, if you haven't taken the time to pursue additional learning and, and pursue additional, you know, um, information and resources, it can be a bit of a nefarious title to give yourself as a coach and then start digging around in people's, um, deep dark recesses. You yeah, know, there, there needs to be scope of practice. But she was, you know, highlighting the the fact that you know all these people are coaches and they're this coach and that sort of coach and she, you know ultimately they're they're not. They're just going to give you here's what worked for me. But that's not necessarily coaching. That really slips back into that trainer is like because that worked for you, that does not mean that that's appropriate for me to even follow that path. Right. And it can be quite uh, quite tricky to go down that path because once people have that title coach, they don't want to give that up easily. Yeah. And, it, you know, we come down to the whole ego conversation. And then as Fit Filiate threw into the mix the other day, you've got that mentor conversation. Mm. And you somebody know. commented uh, that mentor could also be parallel, like, or they asked if mentor was also paralleled with guru. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And look, it, it absolutely can, can be. I mean, the perspective I took is that, you know, a mentor is almost like a specialty coach. Like, you know, I see you as a person who has achieved a particular skill or a, something that I want to achieve. So I'm going to come to you. And you can help me along the path that you went. Like you're not necessarily looking to change my behaviours. It's more about, well, here's the path I followed. But they're limited by where they achieved or, you know, where they they got to, their finish point. So, you know, a mentor can't really take you beyond what they themselves have achieved because they've run out of guideposts um, on the way. So then you need another mentor for the next part of the journey. Whereas a coach hmm. isn't telling you about their own journey. They're not, uh, you know, taking you through their own path. It's where do you want to go? 
okay, what's the quickest way for you to get there that you're going to take action and why aren't you taking action and shining a light on the areas that you probably have been avoiding shining a light on mm-hmm. and, and, you know, identifying patterns in behaviour. So that, you know, that for me was an important differential in that and that, yeah, mentor and guru could easily slip into, well, this is how I did it. Here's the template. Here's the solution. You need to do this to be successful. Well, do do I? Does that fit for me? Right. And I guess if we get back to the original um, sort of the way that we started on this is, you know, the elements that make a professional coach, how that fits underneath that umbrella then of, you know, recognising those lines between training, mentoring, coaching, behaviour, um, versus tactical or strategic or, you know, um, templated advice. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. While you were saying that, I was trying to bring it back to to movement and, like, CrossFit. And the easiest thing that or the first thing that came to mind I was thinking of is um, let's – we'll use Tony since he's so <laughs> – really, really passionate about the coach. So Tony's going to be the coach in this situation. You and I both want to overhead squat. You have no shoulder mobility. It's horrible. My shoulder mobility is amazing, but I have no stability, Mm. right? I'm willing to work on the mobility. I do the mobility. I do the strength, but I don't have stability. You don't want to work on your mobility, but you (laughs) sure as shit want to overhead squat. Excuse my language, right? And you're strong as a bull. You're stable, but you need to work on the mobility. So now Tony has both of us and he has to get me to work on stability and convince Mm. me that it's important or not convince me. He has to find my limits, right? Ask me why I might have limits in the stability. And with you, Mm. he has to figure out why your mobility sucks and Mm. why you're avoiding working on it to get better if you want to overhead squat so bad, Mm. right? Two people want to do the same thing, have two totally different problems and Mm. maybe different reasons for those problems. You know, Mm. maybe you had a, a, a... I don't know, a a boyfriend or something that was a yoga instructor. And you're like, if I have to do one more thing, I'm never like, who knows? Um, Mm. Maybe I was a waitress. So I just don't want to work on holding anything over my head for more than five seconds. I don't Mm. know. Um, But Mm. again, it's like, he's going to have to talk to us. He's going to have to do some movement evaluations on both of us. And then he's going to have to figure out, you know, what in our minds is limiting us from doing the work we need to do to be able to get to that overhead squat because we yeah. can't do it. We just are going to have to yeah. spend time in different things. Yeah. And I mean, that's where we talk about, you know, we all know we need to eat more broccoli, drink more water, but sure as shit, no one is doing it willingly. Right. It's like, okay, what's stopping you do that? But, you know, in that instance, you've got a trainer who's going to say, you know, to me, um, you know, lock your shoulders down, you know, push up. And for you, it's going to be squeezy belly, like mm-hmm. squeezy belly tight. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's what we've got. And we often talk here in Fit Philiate about, you know, um, stumbling over your own truth and, and falling into your own, um, falling over yourself, um, which we do often. Um, and that is Tony's job then is to 
help you realize like your own truth about, ah, oh, this would be better if I did that, that mobility thing or I, I did some stability drills like, and I don't do that because it's uncomfortable. And okay, so why are you avoiding uncomfortable things? And suddenly you start realizing it throughout your entire life, all the uncomfortable things that you've been avoiding. Right. And all the, or, or the other side, it's not, you've been avoiding it, but you've been so stuck in the comfort mm. that you just don't know how to approach the uncomfortable mm. thing because you're mm. afraid it's not safe. You're afraid you're like, what might be on the other side. Right. Yeah. And, you know, having a coach to ask you the questions, I'm going to, if I feel like that something is my idea, I'm way more likely to do it and execute on it than if someone tells me what to do. And I I don't think I'm a special snowflake. I figure that that happens a lot across the general population of the world is that, you know, and I, I think anyone who is in a relationship with another person will vow that they could tell their partner to do something a million times and it's not happening, but then they come back to them one day and go, oh, I've just had this really great idea. I think I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. That's what I've been telling you to do for months. And hey, I, I feel it's like idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've lived it as well. But no, it's like, We all have. Yeah, all until have. it's your idea you, and you can have ownership mm-hmm. and then be empowered to, hey, that's, that's great. If that's the direction you want to go, let's go. Yeah. But we need to take action versus, you know, just being told to do something. None of us like being told what to do but unfortunately i think this is where we get a, a a glitch in the matrix i guess or in the force depending on what theories you subscribe to but um people turn up wanting the answers yeah because a they don't do the uncomfortable things but they turn up wanting the answers so you know affiliate owners are feeling some pain, you know, the business is not what they want, they're struggling for members, and they reach out to some of these gurus who are bombarding their inbox with all this information saying, oh, we can get you 50 new leads and, you know, fill your gym and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know, they just want the answer because they want to abdicate responsibility because if it doesn't work, I can blame you, Ash, because you told me to do this and this didn't work, so Mm -hmm. it's not me, it's you. So, you know, well, I've tried to overhead squat, but, you know, squeezing my belly didn't help. So you're a shit coach and um, Tony, we'll blame Tony now, um, and <laughs> that didn't work for me. I'll be the first and only time I get to say that about him. Um, yeah. And, you know, that then I can abdicate that responsibility rather than understanding that, you know, success or failure relies on me and my actions and taking ownership of those things. And, you know, it's hard, like when coaches are struggling to to pay their bills and to move forward and go, well, I'm doing the things, I've got the levels, like why why am I not like XYZ person or why does nobody listen to me or why, you know, does nobody watch my reels apart from my mum kind of thing? Um, And understanding that, you know, being given the answers doesn't necessarily guarantee the results. You've got to have that learning and growth along the way. Yeah, because sometimes, especially if you're not ready to receive them, you know, we've used this Mm. example tons of times. Like, you know, you can say knees out, hips back 50 times in the squat. And then Mm. one day somebody goes, 
oh, well, when I pressed my knees out, all of a sudden I noticed <laughs> that I felt, and you're like, oh, six years yeah. ago? Okay. Yeah. That's, right? That's... But like they they weren't able to receive it for whatever reason. Hmm. And that's the thing is like, that's what people don't understand. Um, sometimes and, is that, you know, it's, you can get all the answers you want, but if you're not hmm. ready for them, it's not going to matter. I, I, I remember when I was running my affiliate, I had one member, Craig, and I'll name him because he knows, <gasps> but he yeah. would regularly, Regularly, we used to say that he had Craig's book of coaching cues because he would regularly come to me with something that I had had said to him maybe the week before. He goes, oh, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, with the thrust, if I just rest at the top, this is way more efficient than, you know, coming down and, and resting here. I went, you don't say. Or, you know, some other thing. He had a whole book where yeah. he just would basically re-feed back to me the cues I'd given him, but it'd taken some time to percolate before yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, just jump higher. Okay, good, good chat. So away, away you pop. But it's, have you heard me say that to you a thousand times? It's like wow. But they've got you know. Craig. Yeah, he's. Craig he's was in with me. Oh yeah, that's right. He, he, he was in my pen when I was in. Yeah. Yes, he's a he's is an awesome human, and he can you know take a bit of band with the rest best of them, but um. We regularly would have those conversations about, you know, he'd just come in with this new concept that he'd heard of and I'm like, you know, I've been saying that for like, you know, a long time now. He's like, oh, yeah, probably awkward. And <laughs> but until, until they're ready, the, the lesson doesn't come through. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, and that's why I guess a lot of people who sign up for these programs where it's like guaranteed results and this walk away disillusioned. And unfortunately they, because the, the gurus offering that would call themselves coaches. It's like, oh, I don't need coaching. It didn't work for me. Mm. Being given a templated solution didn't work for you and having more and more work thrust down your throat to be ever busy didn't work for you. Yeah, maybe you know, learning how to embrace freedom and and be okay with the concept of, um, I don't have to work eighty hours a week. I don't have to suffer. My calendar doesn't have to be full for me to be a successful and be a professional in my craft. You know, um, which is you know something you know, I've been part of some discussions about recently is, you know when we talk to people about offering them freedom, people don't know how to accept that, don't know how to um, square their way in their brain that that's okay because we're, we're, you know, beaten into us this hustle and grind mentality about if you're not working hard, then you're hardly working, mm -hmm. you know, and, but that's not, you know, the case. And, but unfortunately people have this shame responses like, Oh, I need to keep up with what, you know, X, Y, Z person's doing or how this person's doing it. When in reality, your, your journey is, you know, perfectly fine for you as it is without doing, you can be a professional coach and not have to work 40, 80 hour days for peanuts. And to be honest, like if you're a good coach, you, you wouldn't be able to work that many hours. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because in order to, to be able to care and to give 
the quality of coaching to others, you need to care for yourself, which means, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you need to do the things to make sure your glass is full and you can have time with your family. You can take care of your home life mm. so that you can give the appropriate energy to your clients or mm. your classes or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've, we've all been there when you've had to coach all the classes in a day. And by the time you get to the last class, you're like, yeah, guys, so we're going to overhead squat. And yes, I know you're going to ask me about this and I'm going to preempt all your questions because I've heard them seven previous times today but that's the first time they've heard that information in the day and we talk about that you know treat every class as if it's your first class but you know by the time you are months into doing this over and over and over with such a jam-packed schedule it's really hard to to not let that overflow and affect the experience that you provide now that doesn't make you any less professional but how can we work on ways that you can be a professional coach and not have to kill yourself, but still be able to pay your bills and stop trading time for money, which I guess is the bent of the, the Million Dollar Coach program, mm -hmm. both the online course, self-paced online course, and the in-person seminar that we have, a free plug, um, but is about teaching coaches that you don't need to just trade time for money. Yeah. That there are steps or pillars as we call them, we have some mindset stuff to reframe your thinking to prepare you for that yeah. and then ways that you can follow this roadmap that are going to lead you to be more successful but also achieve more freedom. So we talk about our freedoms being freedom of time, purpose, relationships and money. So basically the freedom to do, you know, what you're passionate about, things that, that drive you, with the people that, you know, drive you as well and being able to invest in things that you are, you know, that give you purpose and meaning. Not about, well, I've got the money to sit on the beach all day and I don't want to do anything. Right. You can do that, but you're not going to be, you know, using your skills and acquisition. Um, it's funny, perfect. there's another affiliate post I'm thinking about. I think that might be, might have been the one today about it's, it's an infinite game we're playing. There's no end point. Yeah. You can't get to a point and go, and that's part of the professional coach journey is that, oh, well, I've got my L4 now, I can stop. I mean, if this, if if things like that were had an end point, Tia would have won the CrossFit Games once because, well, I'm the fittest on earth, so clearly I can't get any fitter. <laughs> like yes. fitness is not an not an end point. There is no end state of being fit. You can be fitter than you were, but there's no enough fitness that's going to, you know, meet the needs for whatever your capacity is. There's always something that you can do. Right. So when we apply that to coaching, it's, okay, how do I keep evolving and growing to be the best at this craft but learning that, you know, I don't need to drive myself into the ground. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's, I guess, well, I don't guess, we are. We're incredibly passionate about that here and we want, we know that we need to solve the world's most vexing problem. We need more coaches. We need more trainers. Trainers, we love you. You're very important in the ecosystem. Um, if we're all coaches per se and spending, you know, 
deep detailed time with every single person, well, nothing will get done. So we need trainers to let's get the, the basics squared away. Let's get the fundamentals and then start to decide, discover why you're not following those or why that's hard for you. And that's where the coaching steps in. Um, so we need more, but we also need them to be able to survive and pay their bills and live a life rather than missing family events, family gatherings, because they've got to work for, you know, sometimes less than 25 bucks an hour for, you know, um, all this time and care that they're investing. And then they go, you know what, I'm going to go get a real job. And they don't see their coaching as a real job, even though they care deeply about it because they can't make ends meet. So they burn out and we lose good people. Yeah. There's a better way. And, you know, I guess the point of today's podcast, you know, we've touched on a, a broad range of things, but really about being a professional coach, don't limit yourself to thinking, well, I have to do this full time to be a professional coach. If you're coaching two hours a week and you're learning and growing and you're focused on behaviours and, and wanting to affect behavioural change and you're always um, developing and investing, importantly, mm. in your skills and your in experience and yeah. coaches and coaches, then you're a professional by nature. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, that last point I touched on is investing. Like you will need to make an investment in your development. Mm -hmm. Continuously like, you need to. Yeah. Yeah, not just one time. <laughs> it's not a one yeah. and done thing, like you said. No, it's not. It's like a one and done is going to see a trainer to, to fix a particular flaw in your, you know, in your technique. It's like, well, why can't I, you know, why am I pulling early in my, you know, clean? Great. Let's, you know, look at that. That's a one and done. Like, you know, you need to invest in your skills and your learning and having a coach to guide you is invaluable. Yeah, But I think, you know, a lot of people get stuck and it's going, well, I can Google anything I need. Why do I need to pay for it? You know, someone to ask me questions that make me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, do you want to move forward faster or stay where you are? Yeah. And some people do want to stay where they are. Yes, and that's great. Not want to get uncomfortable. They don't want to know what's on the other side of the door. They just, mm -hmm. and that's. That's okay, but I think most people who go into this and consider themselves professional coaches know mm -hmm. that, oh, crap, I've been comfortable too long. Like, it's time to make a change. It's time to do mm -hmm. something different. I have to, I'm not growing anymore, and something needs to change um, so that I can continue serving a purpose, my purpose, right? And that's one of the mm -hmm. freedoms. And then you know, have the relationships that help me thrive, mm -hmm. have the freedom of money so I can live without worrying about where my next check's going to come from and if I'm going to be able to have electricity next month. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it makes it easier to make good decisions when you're not stressed about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we've we've dumped enough little thought bubbles out there and, and – uh, if you have thoughts on this subject, please uh, post it in the comments. Um, don't forget to jump on and like and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please subscribe and get notifications when each episode goes live. If you're listening to this, we appreciate you. Uh, please make sure you follow us and subscribe on your favourite platform. 
so you don't miss an episode. Give us a review. But also uh, reach out to us on Instagram, um, the Million Dollar Coach Program. We would love to hear your thoughts on this if you have any um, perspectives that maybe we haven't thought of and happy to discuss. So mm. thanks, guys. Thanks, Ash. Been great again chatting to you. Always great, Lisa. Thank you.